welcome back. Thanks for rolling podcast. I am Jeff. I am here with my co-host Pat. How are you? Doing well, Jeff. How are you? Second episode we're recording in the day, which back is back. unusual for us. And uh, uh, via Zoom, we have a special guest, the Grappling Doctor. Live via satellite. Live right? via satellite. <laughs> that's right. So, uh, why don't you introduce yourself, special guest? Appreciate it, guys. Um, Happy to be on here. My name is Dr. Kenny Gu. I am a doctor of physical therapy. I also am an athletic trainer and a strength coach. Um, what I do is I try to take all my experiences in the sports medicine world, in the world of physical rehabilitation and strength and performance and deliver it to the grappling community, which I believe is um, a little underserved in all three of those aspects, unfortunately. Yeah. So, yeah. Very cool. Very cool. I think... Um... We got connected through uh, a mutual friend, right? Ex-training partner, old training partner yep. of yours. Yeah. A friend of the pod. Uh, we, I like to call him Chainsaw Mike. But we've also mm -hmm. gone by fight Mike. Big Fight Mike. or Chainsaw uh, Mike. Chainsaw and Kimono. <laughs> or Chainsaws and Kimono. So he's got many he's, names, right? Many the names. most recurring guest on this podcast. That's right. He's been on the podcast two or three times, maybe. Mm -hmm. um, there you go. So you guys used to train together, right? Yep. We used to train at Gracie Baja Boston. When I just started... Um, over there, I was still a white belt then he was well on his way in his purple belt and you know how it is, you know, I'm a, so give these guys some background. I yep. used to be a wrestler, right? So wrestled, you know, throughout my life and in high school. So I had that grappling experience, you know, when you come into jujitsu with that background, you know, um, you know, it's, you, it, you gotta get humbled, right? So, you know, I was humbled, uh, <laughs> at, at Gracie Baja Boston and, um, yeah, Mike was doing sometimes doing some of the humbling over there, but, yeah. uh, yeah, um, since then, uh, I believe he's he's kind of been training closer in his area. I haven't seen him since, but I was training in Gracie Baja Boston for about two to three years and um, while finishing up my education in Boston. And then since then, I've moved back to New York. I'm actually located in Brooklyn now, and I train at the Dojo, which is okay. a Cobrino affiliate. I think one of the few and only Cobrino affiliates in the East Coast, actually. Okay, so. okay awesome. yeah, I was going to nice. just ask you that part. Um, so take us through... Um, we're going to do two tracks with you, I guess, right? Because I'm interested in kind of knowing um, your educational track. But, like, let's let's stay with the grappling martial arts side. So, yeah, wrestled when you were younger. Give, give us that kind of journey. Like, we always like yeah. to hear kind of how people got, ended up in the jiu-jitsu world, right? For sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So, um, you know, my first sport actually growing up was swimming. Well, I mean, as a kid, you know, you do all, you know, you play baseball, you know, you uh, do soccer and rec league and that. But, like, the first sport where I was actually re relatively competitive was in swimming. But... I had a younger brother who's, he's phenomenal at swimming. He swims D1 in college. He swam at Boston University. And, you know, I never really liked swimming like that. I was, uh, you know, it's it's something with, that, with the endless laps, it gets numbing. You know, I needed that, like, stimulation. And then in eighth grade, I, I got into football. You know, I had this massive growth spurt. I grew from, like, 5'7 to 6'1". You know, it became really, really lanky. Uh, I filled out my frame a little bit. And then I was like, you know, the swimming is uh, like when football season ended going into the winter, I was like, yeah, I can't do swimming anymore. I was dreading <laughs> going to, I was dreading going back to the pool. And, you know, I was a little scared to talk to my coach at the time that I was thinking about quitting. So I, I found myself, you know, I didn't know what to do. So I walked into my guidance counselor's office and um, talked to him and he, you know, he told me, I'll never forget this day. Um, he was like, well, yeah, your coach is going to get mad at you, but you know, I'm the wrestling coach. We'd love to have you on. <laughs> and I was like, well, well. You know, wrestling sounds pretty fun. You know, at least it's a little bit more applicable to football. And, you know, I still think that's probably one of the best decisions I've ever made. Like to join the wrestling team, the the lessons that you learn from that sport of perseverance, hard work, confidence, it's astounding. And I think like it's so important, you know, as a, as a boy turning to a man, I think those lessons that you learn in the wrestling that you like the, the sense of community and, you know, having those strong uh, male figures in the room is so important. And, you know, I still am 
you know, very thankful for my experience on the wrestling mat. Yeah. Um, and then when I went to school, oh, another even thing before that, like my guidance counselor, who was my wrestling coach, was the reason I kind of even got to university, right? I was kind of like on the cusp of being accepted to BU, which is like a really, you know, relatively selective um, college. But they actually called my guidance counselor and was also my wrestling coach and even asked him like, hey, like, you know, we're on the fence with this guy. Like, do we take him or not? And, you know, you know, my coach, rest in peace, does miss you forever. Um, mm. He he held it down. He, he was like, yeah, take this guy. He's going to he's going to go far. So. Um, I have to always thank him for that. You know, that's why, you know, wrestling really got me to where I am today. That's awesome. So then I, I went to school and then for four years, you know, I, I took a break from grappling. I was, you know, studying athletic training. Um, the people who aren't aware what athletic training is, it's like sports medicine, you know, couldn't really play a sport because I was busy covering those practices, you know, and doing the medical team, medical side of things with, you know, f- uh, football, basketball, soccer, swimming, like everything. So was really good experience, you know, getting to see how the sports performance side of things, side of things, the sports medicine. And then when I got into grad school, so this is not what Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu starts. Um, there was, a, we had an assignment in our neuroanatomy class, which was skill acquisition. And the idea was you have to learn a skill. And, you know, some of my classmates, you know, they were doing things like, oh, how to draw, you know, with your left hand, you mm-hmm. know, make juggle and all this stuff. You know, one girl was like, I'm going to learn how to swim. Like, you know, that's amazing. But, um, you know, I was like, hey, you know what, let's 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 try this jujitsu out. Let's see how this goes. And, um, you know, I signed up for a membership, uh, a one month membership at the local Henzo Gracie Rockland. Um, shout out to Oscar Jimenez, Alberto and Joseph. Um, I remember my first day there, went to fundamentals class. They were like, you should stay for the advanced class. And I was like, oh, OK, um, first day. Let's see how this advanced class goes. And, yeah, I got cross collar choked to oblivion. <laughs> you know, someone put their knee in my neck. But. Uh, my right. eyes, yeah, my eyes went like this, right? Because, you know, it's like there's a whole new world of grappling. You know, I was taking people down, but I was getting stuck in their guard. You know, I couldn't pass, like, guard. I didn't even know what a guard was. Couldn't pass their guard. Couldn't pass their half guard. And, yeah, but then, you know, summer ended, and I went back to Boston and signed up for Gracie. And I, I was, and I signed up for Gracie Baja Boston, which is right next to school, um, like an eight-minute walk from where I lived at the time. And, you know, I've never, never looked back since. I've been training, you know, at least, you know, three to four times a week, and it's been how it is. Yeah. Something yeah. about jujitsu gets that hooks those hooks in you, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah. had you never been like, were you um, like a, a UFC fan or like uh, you know any kind of martial arts fan prior to trying? Yeah. That or, so yeah. yeah. So I you know I followed UFC. You know at the time you know like you know I think we were all into like John Jones uh, mm-hmm. at the time and watching him. But um, even my old wrestling club back in the day it was called Apex Wrestling. They did have like a jujitsu class, but you know as a high school I was like zoned in on like this wrestling. I wasn't like you know at the time I was like oh jujitsu like maybe like another time, but yeah. I never really thought of it. And even in undergrad in college, um, I was just so busy with like the uh, like because as a student for athletic training, you're at the same time you're taking classwork, you're also doing the the clinical aspects. So you're bouncing back and forth. You're going to clinical and then you're going to class after class. You're going to clinical. You're going on these like trips with the team. Like sometimes they're overnight, like mm-hmm. across the country. It's it's a lot, but you know it's a great experience. So yeah. Um, so your doctorate, did you get your doctorate from BU or did yeah, I see BC? It was, BU? Yeah, BU. Yeah, uh, I uh, I had a rotation in BC working with the basketball team. Okay. Yeah. And it's in physical therapy. Yeah. Okay. Um, my father was a exercise professor of exercise physiology at Springfield, cool. Springfield College in Massachusetts. So anytime nice. I hear like PT, I'm like dialed into <laughs> right away. Springfield is actually like one of the leading colleges in athletic training. They're yeah. they're legit out there. Yeah. 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 He was very proud to be a part of that that faculty mm-hmm. there. So yeah. Um so then when did or how did the grappling doc come about? Yeah. So um you know I've always been 
uh, really about my, I have a big passion for, you know, fitness, uh, you know, injury prevention and, you know, obviously grappling. And then, you know, I would post the, I was post, I would post exercise videos and I would post me to visit me just like a training at jujitsu on my personal page. But then I thought to myself, like, Hey, maybe like I'll start, you know, like a fitness page and, you know, post, you know, injury, like actual content that will, you know, be helpful for the community, you know, like exercise to, you know, strengthen your grips, you know, conditioning wise, injury prevention, that's, you know, stuff that we can all benefit from. And then I started that in October, November of 2021. And it was very rudimentary at first. If you guys like go to my page, it'll just be, it's literally just exercise videos. And I just post like these long paragraph captions. I don't know if anyone actually reads them or not. Like that's what I learned. You got to like space it out, you know, fifth grade reading level at these these points. But, um, that's how it all started out. And then, you know, when it, and then I I have to shout out this, this group, the honey badger project, that's, it's a collective of clinicians like myself who are trying to work with our target niche. Um, you know, specifically mine is Brazilian jiu-jitsu athletes and grapplers. And, um, going through that program, it taught me how to use social media to, you know, leverage my, my mission, like leverage my voice and kind of really just, um, work with the people I want to work with. And then I was able to use what I learned from there to, uh, create content that speaks to, you know, the hearts and souls of other grapplers. So, you know, I try to, I believe this like, this is my mission. I'm like trying to deliver content that will benefit the community as a whole, you know, keep us rolling and training until like we literally can't anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, something you said in your introduction about how the the jujitsu community, jujitsu athletes are are underserved in in all of these things that you're trying to do. I think that's spot on. I mean, I think about myself personally, and, and most guys we train with, like everyone just you get into jujitsu because a lot of people it's I need some exercise, it needs to be fun, I like it, mm-hmm. and you think that's going to be enough on its own to take care of your body, and it ends up almost being to the detriment. <laughs> Um, yeah. I mean, speaking personally, like I went 10 plus years really without doing any other exercise because it was just all jujitsu. And then suddenly mm-hmm. I'm hitting my mid to late thirties and everything starts to fall apart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's something that, that's, uh, that I actually learned in PT school, just working with higher level athletes, right? You, I went and so I did a rotation down in Dallas working with some NFL guys and collegiate athletes prepping for the NFL. And you think that these guys would be, you know, they are physical specimen, but you think they'd be like the most healthiest, you know, nothing's wrong with them. They're able to do these crazy things like 360 dunks and, and all that. But when you take a closer look at it, like you'll see things that are like not moving. Like some of them, they can't squat properly. Some of them, like their feet are like flat, like the flattest feet that I've ever seen. You know, uh, they may be able to do like um, certain moves, like, like certain, like I said, the 360 dunk, but they can't lunge, you know, and, <laughs> It's because that they've relied on their athleticism so much that, you know, they almost forgot to do just cover the basics. And that's kind of the problem with when you do an activity too much, because then you're, you get too used to doing this certain moving pattern over and over and over again, that you forget to use. Like I talk about this, my, my most recent posts, like not being able to, for example, in jujitsu, like if you're constantly being bent over and, you know, you work a desk job outside, outside of jujitsu, like, are you going to when, when are you going to, you know, stand straight and like, you know, straight out your posture. Right. So, um, as a physical therapist, you know, my, my goal is to kind of help promote, you know, just healthy movement, um, and being a, becoming a better mover, not just in jujitsu, but also in just in life in general. Is, is the lack of like, uh, how do I ask this question? So you think about like a high level athlete, mm-hmm. um, you say like, you know, they could, 
dunk a basketball, they can't uh, squat properly. Is it like the muscle memory, for lack of a better term, that goes away? Or is it just because of like wear and tear from doing, you know, high level athletics for so long and not like taking care to stretch properly, for example? Like what causes that kind of dichotomy between like I can do this, but I can't do this basic? This yeah. Basic. So they've just been a lot of the times um, they've been blessed with like genetics that allow them to like they don't even consciously think about doing these activities that they can kind of just automatically do these skills. But the some like what you'll notice sometimes is that um like uh like these guys like uh sorry I lost my train of thought right there. Mm. Because they were so reliant on doing like complex movement patterns when they try to do like basic movements like they'll you try to have them do it really really slow and they'll just all of a sudden you'll start seeing like the 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 imbat, like the um instabilities like they start shaking like they won't be able to hold the position and you're just like oh what's that over there and then you know as a result of being for example some of some of the NFL athletes that I've worked with um they've been so uh, athletic and they're so explosive their tendons on their legs are so tight that like if you touch it and you try to massage it out it's like a rock wow and as yeah and it's like and at a certain point you know it's almost like now in the higher level uh, sport, sports, but higher level activity, like, do we try to, you know, fix this and potentially, you know, like stop any problems in the future, but at the cost of detriment to the performance, they rely on this stiffness now, you know, it's kind of like a sliding scale almost at that point, especially not in the extremes of um, performance right there. But, you know, with the general population, um, that's not the way, like, I'm like, we, we want to be um, fluent in all ranges of motion. Uh, for us to be healthy. Hmm. Yeah, um, I, something I, I really like that I see you posting are your warm up routines, your stretches yeah. and all of that, because mm-hmm. I, I mean, that's something personally, it's, it's always on my, my to-do list of things to get better at. And I'm going to yeah. start bookmarking yeah. some of your posts. And yep. I don't know <laughs> if I have to like set a, an alert on my phone or something to make me do it when I get here, because you know, my routine is I show up, I teach classes, so everyone else is all warmed up. Then it's time to do live drills or rolls. I'm just like, cool, I'll mm-hmm. just jump right in. Jump right and in. Everyone else <laughs> yeah. is, is warmed up and ready to go, and I'm just completely cold, and I dive right in. And, I mean, you know, sometimes I suffer the consequences of it too. So yeah, that's always 100%. on my mind. And I, I think that's a, a super relevant and important thing that you're putting out there for people. Yeah. How uh, I have two questions. So one would be, mm-hmm. like, um, do you – like, when you go to train, like when you went to train today, do you – go through a specific routine do you try to shake it up like what's your approach to getting your body ready to you know have some extreme contact like that great question 100 percent. every single time i practice i always warm up you can ask my teammates like i'm always there 15 20 minutes early got to do something right so so my personal routine is it's based for me so um, everyone's going to be a little different. For example, if you have any nagging injuries, or if you have, if you know that you have some issues in your body, like you probably want to address those beforehand. So for me, for an example, just from the years of, you know, like wrestling and, you know, jujitsu and all that, I've had some shoulder injuries in my shoulders. So I'm, I'm sure, you know, many of us have shoulder <laughs> injuries as a result, you know, getting arm bar commit and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always do, um, any like shoulder mobility exercises, you know, some, for what I always start off as like a, just a prayer stretch or like the, um, you know, arms over your head to stretch out. And then I do kind of an active, uh, stretch into that, like the high plank, a downward dog. Um, that's a great one to kind of load your arms while it's overhead. If you're not familiar with that, um, I actually post that in my reel. 
um, on Instagram. You guys can go check that out. And then from there, I do a lot of just general shoulder stability exercises. Um, I actually talked about this in one of my posts. You want to um, jujitsu, right? There's two. Your your shoulder has to be has to be strong when you're um, in the air, kind of like fighting for grips, and also strong on the ground when you're posting on the ground. So when you're doing like technical standups, when you're kind of framing on an opponent. So you want to be you want to expose your shoulder to that before you know training. So I'll do stuff you know shoulder taps, um, high planks to high side planks, um, side planks is great, and then some banded exercises uh, like those like standard PTX banded exercises when you're pulling a band over the head, um, external rotations, mm-hmm. um, those are great. And then another thing uh, that I believe is really important is also hip mobility, right? You know, having flexible and strong hips is huge in jujitsu. Um, being able to you know retain guard, swing your legs over other people's uh, bodies. So I do a lot of hip mobility, um, you know, shin box get-ups. Uh, those are huge. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that. It's pretty much like S-mount, um, but then you bridge your hips up forward. Those yep. are great. Um, and then uh, I also do these this movement called like the kettlebell weight shift. Without a kettlebell, you just kind of bring your hips over to the side while bringing your hips forward, um, you know, frog stretch. And then if I have time, I'll do like some kind of like um, – we call this in the, in like the performance world, like cars, um, controlled articular rotations. It's just a fancy way of saying you just bring your leg out to the side and bring it back in. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, again, this is what I do. Uh, and, um, like I said, I think people should have their own kind of individualized plan that kind of addresses what their issues are before they train. Cause you want to get those muscles and tissues active because you know, I know for a fact, if I don't get my shoulder warmed up and I like go for a shot or someone collar drags me like i'm in for a rough ride i'm gonna feel something in my shoulder yeah um so yes i'm one of those people who had shoulder injuries right a couple mm-hmm. of, this is oh, years ago at this point but i was getting taken down posted on my shoulder my shoulder subluxed and uh, then um you know pop back in and then shortly after that i got it, it was like a, a sequence right so he took me down i posted it subluxed he caught my arm and arm barred me oh, right man. Double whammy. Yeah, double oh, whammy. man. And in the process, I tore my pec, right? But I, I tell that story because, obviously, I, I had surgery to repair, and then I had, you know, however long of PT. And I always thought to myself, like, oh, I'm going to continue to do these shoulder mobility and strengthening drills forever, right? Because my shoulders felt great. I mean, yeah. it, it, this shoulder took a really long time to ever get to feel like it did pre-injury. And even mm-hmm. s- today, it still gets wonky sometimes, right? But yeah. I always thought like, oh, I'll do these exercises forever, right? Because they were just, they, I felt so good doing them. And then, of course, it fell off and I've never done right. that. I since, mean, right? look at all the exercises we have yes. written on the board up there. Yes, right, right. <laughs> I wrote out a, a four-day routine all on the big whiteboard. Mm-hmm. Jeff and I were going to start meeting up and doing it twice a week and we've done it zero yet. times. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So do you like... um do uh how, how do you how does someone go about getting into like a specialized routine like you're talking about right so so what you described to me mm-hmm. is like fitting you know could be potentially fitting for me right i have shitty shoulders i'm old i have bad hips like so for me if you were to ask me like hey what would you want to work on i would talk about strengthening my mobility in my hips and my shoulders right yeah um but like what is the process that you use especially for someone who is grappling right whether it's jiu-jitsu mm-hmm. or wrestling like do you have like a you know, certain process that you go through or is that secret sauce you don't want to share? <laughs> yeah. No, that's, to- that's totally fine. Um, like, uh, I think this is just, this is just how it. like, I think advice to the grappling community in general. Um, mm-hmm. if you are feeling aches and pains, don't go on YouTube 
and Instagram and try to like pick these exercises for you, right? It's like the same exact thing with us kind of going to Instagram and being like, oh, this ex- this move could be a good 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 fit for my game. But honestly, the best thing would be to do, you know, talk to your coach, talk to your professor who's like knows what you should work on. <laughs> same thing when you when you have aches and pains, right? Um, you got to go get it assessed by a healthcare professional. Like I don't, um, even if you aren't looking to stay in physical therapy for that long, or even if you have like a personal trainer that you have that, you know, that knows a bunch of exercises, go get it eval by a, a trained healthcare professional, athletic trainer, physical therapist, chiropractors, cause they will know what the hell is going on, uh, up in your shoulder. Right. Um, you don't want to, for example, if you have shoulder pain and you find these exercises on, on Instagram, like, oh, do the banded work and all this, but it turns out you have bursitis. You just made your shoulder worse, man. Mm-hmm. You know? So, yeah. um, that's the biggest thing uh, I would say first is go get an eval. And, um, the second is to kind of stay on top of these exercises, set yourself like a, an, an alarm notification or, you know, make it like a habit. You know, there's a great book called, um, atomic habits. Really, you know, I'm sure if you guys read that, you know, habit stacking, you know, yep. if your habit is already going to jujitsu, you know, try to stack, you know, doing exercises, just going to jujitsu beforehand. Um, so like for my guys that I work with, uh, I, I mean, it's all programmed for them and they, they, they get notifications on their phones. Like when they, when they have to do these exercises and I can see if they don't do their exercises huh. or not. So I, I kind of call them out on it. If I notice that they've been skipping a lot and most of the time they're like, Oh, sorry, Kenny. I just, you know, I just didn't like log it in. But even then it's like, please, you know, log it in for me. Show 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 me that you've been doing your exercise because at the end of the day, I'm just trying to get you better for training. Yeah. Are you specifically working with grapplers only, or do you have like practice outside of that? Um, so up until July 1st, I was just, I was in an, in an, um, outpatient orthopedic, um, clinic in Upper East Side, New York city. And then starting July 1st, I've been just working with rappers full time. Awesome, man. That's amazing. Yeah. That's fantastic. Dude, it. Yeah. That's very, very cool. Yeah. Very, very cool. Good for you. I Thank do you. think, um, it's, yeah, I do think you know, it's funny cause I, I don't know whether it's like a, a martial artist things. I've never done anything other than jujitsu and maybe it's like the ties between jujitsu and mixed martial arts, but I do feel like there's a certain level of ego involved in like, just work through your pain, right? Just work through it. You know, oh, you're, mm-hmm. you twisted your ankle or you blew your knee out. Just, well, I'm here the next day, right? And yeah, like, do you see that? Like, do you come across that? Do you have to fight that or do you have to combat that um, response from people, especially in this type of uh, environment? 100%. Um, you know, I, when this, like this happens all the time where I see, see people in training and they get hurt and then I'm like, oh, and you know, I, I usually am like the guy at the gym when someone gets hurt, they're like, oh, Kenny, come over here, like quickly take a look at this. And, you know, and, and I don't mind doing that, you know, like, cause like my background as an, like, you know, as an athletic trainer, like that was, that's what I did. I, I saw someone fall on the field. I had to run onto the field and I'll quickly look because rugby, I'd be dodging people to run onto the field. <laughs> yeah. But, um, no, I don't mind coming in, taking a quick look, making like a quick, uh, you know, just even just like a triage, you know what to do. But, um, you know, there's times where I've seen people like pop their knees and they come back in the next day and they train, you know, it's like, I try to, you know, educate them as much as they can, like go get this checked out, you know, but you know, if they're, if they're, they're only going to listen so, so much, but like, I'll tell you guys this though. And there's a difference between training hurt and there's a difference between training injured, right? If you're, if you're like hurt and you're like a little sore, like that's fine. Like, um, you know, we're all, you know, we all have bumps and bruises, you know, I'm not invincible. I have, you know, shoulder aches and pains. But if you're actually injured where you're like, it's taking your mind off training and you're like, you know, worried about it, that's a little different. Right. And there's, that's, that's there's really no point of you trying to go train hundred percent, get yourself even more injured. And then, you know, now you can't even walk anymore or you can't even lift your arm up to like, you know, zip up your jacket without any kind of pain. Now you're really screwed, you know? So. Just got me thinking about my 
ever-increasing wrist pain I've been having lately <laughs> that so I haven't right. had checked out. Yeah. yeah. There was a period where we were both like, oh, our wrists hurt. Like yeah. Mine actually went away. Mine so just now. hasn't gone yeah. away. It's just gotten worse. Yeah. should probably check it out. But I was going to yeah. say, it, it is very interesting how, you know, we we seek out professional instruction for our jiu-jitsu. And if you have anyone that's telling you that they're learning from somewhere other than like a, a professional legit jiu-jitsu academy, you're like, that's bad. You can't learn from them. But then at the same time, we want to go lift weights and we're like, well, I don't need to pay someone to show me how to lift weights. I just know how to lift weights. And <laughs> yeah. we get injured yeah. and we're just like, well, I'm not going to a, a physical therapist. That's just going to cost money. I can do the exercises on my own. It's just the, I mean, it's, just, it's so ironic that jujitsu mm-hmm. people are generally like so strongly on both sides of that equation. Yeah. Yeah. And like I definitely have to go to the professional, yeah. but I'm not going to the professional. <laughs> yeah, right, 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 right. Yeah. And there's a community, a growing community of, you know, physical therapists that also train like myself. Um, and we're really trying really hard to promote, you know, this message of, you know, go, please go get your exercise, go get your shoulders checked out. Don't rehab your shoulder using Instagram exercises. Mm-hmm. And um, the issue is even with Instagram, as I, I'm not going to you know specifically name these accounts, but I follow some accounts of Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and, you know, these people, they aren't, you know, healthcare professionals. And they're talking about like how to alleviate pain um, in, in these. And I'm like, you've, like, oh, do this banded exercise if you have shoulder pain or do this exercise if you have pain. And it's like, you can't just say this because it's too broad. Like I kind of mentioned with the example with the, the bursitis in the shoulder, if you do exercises for that, that are directly targeting the, the shoulder tendons, you're just going to make it worse. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I saw that I, I saw this, I'll, saw, I'll, I'll name what happened in the video. It was like this banded mobility exercise where you take the, where you take like one of those like assisted pull-up bands and you put it around your shoulder to like stretch your shoulder out man, if you have instability in your shoulder, that's just going to make your shoulder worse. It's just pulling it apart even more. Like you don't need mobility. You need to stabilize it. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, one of the things that I've always kind of, I wouldn't say I've always been concerned about, right? I've been injured, you know, three times probably in my mm-hmm. career at this point. And, you know, when I tell people, you know, like for, when I, you know, injured my shoulder, I, I tore some tendons in, in my, or something in my knee or whatever. Um, and I try to tell them like what it is, how it happened, right. Or what it is that I do. I never really have confidence that like my doctor knows what the hell I'm talk- <laughs> talking about. Right. Oh, yeah. Or like yep. you know, my orthopedist knows what I'm talking about. Hopefully now like it's probably better than it was even, you know, five or 10 years ago. Oh, and then they're mm-hmm. like, well, you're, you're just not going to, Go do that anymore, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. They just assume you're not, they don't know that it's an addiction that we can't get it get enough oh, yeah. of, right, right? Oh, yeah. I'm like, no, just get me better so I can do more of it, not stop yep. me. Um, yeah. But I always worry about that. Like, do they even know, like, what I mean when I say jujitsu and, like, what that wear and tear is to my body? You know, I know we have someone in common between us who we, we wonder about the same thing. But, like, um, I never know. So, yeah. it, like, makes me happy to hear, like, that that, you know – there's a community, however small now, but you know, big in the future, that really has a better understanding of what that mm-hmm. that is, because it's different than um, football, right? Which everybody has grown up yeah. seeing. Yep. Um, it's a couple of years ago at this point. I was rolling here just on an open mat, and I twisted my leg, and my opponent had my f- or my partner had my foot, and we just heard like pop, 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 and. You know, I could walk. My knee never, like, really, really swelled up, but it just felt really uncomfortable. So I went to the mm-hmm. doctor, and he said, I forget, honestly, what the exact issue was, but some small, like, support tendons, I guess, or ligaments. Mm-hmm. And um, he said, you know, the only time we've ever really seen this injury is when someone gets hit from the side in the knee in football. Yeah. Right? 
and which is fine, but I like didn't really have any confidence that like they would tell me what to do with it for jujitsu, you know, and maybe yeah. it's the same thing, but you know, there's just not a lot of, it's not common enough where people are going to say like, oh yeah, okay, I know what you're doing. I know what you're putting your body through and you've got to get back to that level of strength and mobility, you know, to yeah. go back to doing that, you know? Yeah, so. I completely understand. And I think I, I, I'm going to add to that. Um, the fact that, you know, a lot of doctors don't understand, like you said, kind of our addiction to the sport, right? Well, like, I think what's amazing is like the, the perseverance of grapplers will do anything to get back to it. Right. Like anything. Mm -hmm. um, so when you tell someone you can't do this anymore, like stop doing this immediately, they're, they're buy into you as a clinician and a provider. You are, they're, they're not going to listen to you anymore at all. Like you just said, like the worst thing you could possibly say to them, you're going to stop doing this. Yeah. You're so immediately going to go in one year out the other year. I'm going to go find another doctor. Yeah. I'm go train so, tomorrow. Yeah. I'll be back in the mess. <laughs> yeah, right. Even right. in spite. Right. So, so, um, and so my advice to any grapplers who are in this situation, who are like, who don't know if they, if they like, oh, they have this belief that if they go see a doctor, the doctor should tell them to stop training. Go see like a sports medicine doctor or, you know, go like, um, you know, that, that, that at least they will have the experience, you know, of covering athletics. You know, they will see, they will understand what an athlete, you know, the desire to get back to playing sports. They will be generally a little bit more um, recommending, recommending you to go to physical therapy rather than rest. I'm going to talk about that in a bit, how rest is usually never the answer to two after injury as well. Oh. Yeah. All right, let's get Should into, I go into that. Yeah. Let's get, get into, into that. that. Yeah. Okay. That so, piqued my interest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, so, uh, there's actually two, um, I'm talking about two theories right now, um, in terms of tissue healing. So the first one is Wolf's law, which is the idea that, um, bones heal in response to the stress that they get. So, you know, obviously when you, know, when you fracture a bone, you're in a cast and then, but then after that, you're in a walking boot. Right. So you're never like you're the only time you're resting is in the first kind of like that first three months or so to let everything heal. Right. And after that, you have to gradually load it and have it um, respond to that stress in order to build the tissue. And the same thing is you can say for Davis's law, which is for actual tissue, tendons, ligaments and all that. So when people get hurt and you hear this all the time, oh, I hurt my shoulder. I rested for two weeks, came back. It hurts again doesn't really nothing really you didn't do anything to change it you may have taken away the stimulus that caused the pain but you didn't do anything to strengthen it you didn't do anything to mobilize it you didn't do anything to change the actual tissue structure so um general complete rest is like never recommend even in the hospital setting like i did a rotation in acute care of stroke patients we still have them near death have them sit up you know roll in bed you know have them sit up because it's just being complete bed rest is so bad for you like it's terrible for your um first of all you're just uh consciousness um, and you're just your digestive system, your cardiovascular system and everything. So, um, what I kind of tell my guys is when they, when they immediately get an injury is the first thing you should focus on is just kind of, um, just move the joint. If you can, like, you know, get that mobility back. That's the biggest thing. Like don't, don't even think about training right now. Cause you're not gonna be able to train if, if it. If it's the point where it's like limiting your ability to walk and, and such, you just got to get it moving. And then, you know, once you can start tolerating a little bit of resistance on it and you can do some exercise, like start doing some easy exercise, like, you know, like, like some air squats without weight or just like some static holds. And then, you know, once that clears and you can walk around with no pain, it's time to start aggressively strengthening it mm -hmm. and getting you back to return to sport. Um, you know, it's the issue when guys kind of you know, skip steps when they get hurt. It's like, oh, I feel fine. They jump right back into their sport full fledged, you know, didn't, you know, taking the time off, you know, they didn't, they've lost kind of all of this, you know, the strength, the stamina, and they push themselves to the limit again. And that's where, you know, when you're the demands of the sport or your activity is higher than what your body's capable of doing is when you get injury. So, 
And, and I think that's the cool thing about sports physical therapy is um, you, there's really, if you have the, so have the experience of being like a personal trainer and a sports physical therapist, they're really, if you look at it, if you look at it, it there's really no difference, uh, honestly. Um, like I, you know, program, you know, I give an example. I programmed, uh, worked with one of my guys who, um, who is now actually the newest Henzo Gracie black belt. He had a torn meniscus and, you know, once he was able to, you know, walk with no pain, I was hitting him, smashing him with squats, lunges, you know, single leg squats, step ups, you know, like lateral squats, um, lateral lunges, sorry, excuse me, planks and all this to get, to get him ready to, to get him ready back to the mm. sport. So if you go to physical therapy and you're doing the same damn thing over and again, step up, step downs, the same exercise that grandma across the table doing the same thing, you got to get out of there. Yeah, that's fascinating. I never would have, because you always think like, I don't know, I always think like, oh, I got arrested for two weeks and then if it doesn't hurt as I'm moving it, I can do go right back to doing what I was doing, right? Like it never really, yeah. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. Talk, the, to the, talk to the grappling doctor. I'll tell you <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> Are you on, for in, for fresh injuries, are you on team ice or team no ice? Seems to be some uh, controversy even, out there. Even uh, great, great question. <laughs> so we can talk about that. So um, when I was an, ath an athletic training student, um, you know, directly working with sports, we use a lot of ice after practice. And um, I am on the viewpoint where if you have an injury, ice is not really going to do much. Um, you know, we want that actual inflammation to occur because that's when healing happens. So, you know, there are, there's like studies that like say like, Oh, you know, potentially ice can delay that inflammation. So they've actually taken away that protocol, you know, that, which is called rice rest, mm -hmm. ice compression, elevate. They've gone away with that. And now they do peace and love. Um, I want to say that I can't remember off the top of my head, but I think it's like protect, you know, compress, elevate, but like load, get it moving. Like you want to get it moving as soon as you can without, you know, to a certain extent, right? You don't want to cause more damage to it, but you want to keep it moving. Um, but um, in athletic training, when the people aren't injured, like for example, when I work with volleyball guys, like I remember this making like 30 bags of ice for their knees when they, after practice and doing that. And, you know, with that, you know, it's, it's, if it makes them feel better, so be it, you know, at that point, it's really not going to do anything. It's not really going to actually elicit, you know, tissue changes, but it makes them feel better so that they can, uh, you know, spend the night without any discomfort and come back the next day. Yeah, let's do it. So pain management, not necessarily injury recovery. Yeah. 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 That's interesting. Yeah. Exactly. Pain management. Um, how about like, I, I have two questions, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, is there particular injuries that you see more often in jujitsu that could be prevented? And I don't mean like I got armbarred and I didn't tap, right? I mean, that's obviously there's, we know the solution of, of that, that type of injury, mm -hmm. but are there other injuries that you see that's like you would attribute to more of a lack of preparation than others? I guess you can kind of go on that, the lack of warming up, right? So, you know, like, for example, most people, I would say, if you work a desktop, you probably have really, really stiff hips, right? And this is something interesting. There's a, um, the, uh, the, the, there's a system um, kind of uh, where we break, kind of break down the body by joints and kind of determine the role of those joints by either mobile or stable. So, for example, uh, your hips, they should generally be rather mobile. Um, and your knee should be relatively stable and your ankle should be relatively mobile. So... The idea is if you're missing, if one joint is not doing its role, 
your body's smart and it will figure it out how to do like movements. But as a result, let's say if your hip isn't mobile, the body's gonna be like, oh, let's take that mobility and put it in your low back. And that's when you start to get issues. Or let's take that mobility and like put it in the knee. And the knee's supposed to be a stable joint, so is the low back. And that's when you can start to potentially get, you know, injuries and pain. So, you know, especially for jujitsu guys, I would say, you know, because we have, you know, with our sport, all those like demands on our knees, you know, knee cutting, heel hooks and all that. So you probably want to work on some hip mobility. That's for sure. Hip mobility and ankle mobility are huge and kind of keeping your knee um, healthy, right? Knees over toe guys, like having the knees over toes. In order to do that, you got to have good ankle mobility. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We usually like to ask like some... We have a couple of like canned questions that we like to ask all of our guests, but before we do that, um, other do you have other points, pointers, advice, things you wanna you wanna educate us on? Uh, I feel like he's very prepared. Like he's got notes, <laughs> he's got notes in front of him. Um, you guys did a great job just kind of going with the things I want to talk about, like, you know, the injury management and such like that. Um, I mean, I guess all what that I could, stuff is so relevant. Yeah. Yeah. I guess what I could do is kind of, um, kind of break down one thing, kind of like a little bit more clear, uh, like a return to sport kind of uh, model of once you get injured. So, um, when you're, when you injure a tissue, there's three phases of healing. There's the acute phase, which is like the first week or so. And then there's the proliferative phase, which goes on for about three to four weeks or so. Mm. And then you have the remodeling phase, which is anywhere from like four weeks to 12 weeks, sometimes even two years. Um, so I think I, I, I touched on this briefly, uh, but in the acute phase, you want to focus on just range of motion, just getting that knee moving or, you know, that shoulder moving again, um, practice. Don't really think about that, right? You like just focus on, you know, carrying out your activities of life, right? You, you can't walk. Like, how are you going to get to work? How are you going to, you know, go up and down the stairs? Just try to figure that out. If you can get to practice, um, just watch, man. Just, just sit out there, sit out, watch. You know, there's studies that have been showing that mental practice is a real thing. You know, being able to determine if you watch that white belt mess up, being able to determine okay, what he's doing wrong. You can watch your professor roll and be like, oh, he's doing that, which is cool. You know, those are been shown to actually um, help with learning. Mm. Um, you know, after that, there's the proliferative phase, um, you know, now tissues being laid down to heal and, you know, pain's probably, uh, you know, a lot better at this point and you feel pretty good, but you're not hundred percent. So this is a time when you can start to load the load it and do some resistance exercises, um, you know, body weight squats, holds, such like that to tolerance. Um, and then once you get to that eight to 12 week mark where tissue tends to be relatively healed. This is where you can kind of go to, to go to, um, you know, go to practice and try, you know, the drilling portion, try the technique. Um, and for the live rounds, I generally tell my guys, you know, maybe go one live round, take a round off because you're still recovering because you haven't had that. Your, your, your endurance is probably not up to par at this point. If you've been taking this time off then go around, around again, take your time off, go around again. Cause we can always build up, but if you get hurt, it just sets us back. So mm. we always try to build up. Mm. Awesome. That's amazing advice. Yeah, that's really, mm-hmm. I mean, very, very cool. Like you said, ev- everyone's always rushing back. And yeah, I yeah. get it. I get I get why everyone wants to rush back, yeah. but you got to think long-term. Well, we have yeah, such exactly. like a, A, we love, I think if you're here, right, you love the physical activity, but you also like love your brothers and sisters that you're with, yeah. right? And it's like that it's social. It's a community like, aspect. Yeah, yeah the it's community, a community, right? social thing. Yeah, so it makes I'm, it hard. I'm huge on the show up and watch. Yeah, you have, mm-hmm. yeah, you've definitely said that to our folks. You know, I've come, I've come in hurt. Like, all right, I need, I'm going to get mental reps in today. And it is mm-hmm. nice to know, like, when you're sitting there, to case point, like, you can see, like, oh, I see what Pat did there to him, right? Or I see, like, what the mistake was there. Mm-hmm. It's like kind of just reaffirms your own 
skills. Maybe you can't put them to use right away, right? But at least you can. Mm-hmm. You can yeah, the it. mental game. Jiu-Jitsu yeah. is so mental. Like, yeah. At least like, you know, like doing wrestling and, and compared to Jiu-Jitsu, like wrestling is mostly instinct right there. You're just acting on like what you can do. But Jiu-Jitsu, you can, you know, it's, it's if you can out technique your guy and if you can outsmart your guy, you can win. You know, yeah. if you can lay a trap. That's the cool thing about Jiu-Jitsu. And that's the, what's, what I love about it. Yeah. Yeah. What's your training look like these days? How much are you on the mats? Um, so I get to try to train at least three to four times a week. Um, generally it's Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday recently with my, um, since I've kind of gone to this full time and adding the Monday schedule in, um, I'm, I guess I'm proud to say it. I'm mostly, I love no gi. I'm a no gi guy, but I grudgingly put on the gi because it's how it is. Um, and what's great is that my Tuesday, Thursday schedule, uh, Tuesday, it's both gi and no gi, it's gi fundamentals and then no gi after. So Mm -hmm. I get the best of both worlds. Uh, my Monday is my tough gi day. All, a lot of the higher belts show up, and I get the tough gi rolls. And Saturdays are competition class, and that's oh, cool. always tough in gi. So, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. That's nice. great that you can get it in. Um, so, when people ask you what you do, I'm assuming, that even though they may not may not know, may not know the intricacies of what a physical therapist may do, uh, most people can understand when you say that, right? But when you say that you work with jujitsu athletes, <laughs> what what do they say? Do they, they, any, they, it's, it either goes two ways. They either watch UFC because UFC has exploded at this point and they have an idea of jujitsu and they're, they're just like, oh, that's so cool. Or they're like, karate? Like, what is that? <laughs> and then at that point, and, 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 and then I have to kind of make a judgment in my head whether it's not worth my time to explain uh, to them what jujitsu is and all that. And then I try like, oh, do, are you familiar with wrestling? And they're like, yeah, like, is that where they were? Like, you know, tights and, and then, but then I hear that, then I try it and I'm just kind of like, all right, well, I'm yeah, I just work therapist. with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We ask everybody that question and we get a variety of answers, whether it's like Pat and I who kind of try to duck away <laughs> from the from the question overall, or I had an old coach who said like when they ask him if he can kick their ass, he just says yes. <laughs> right. And so we've been, we've been all over the map. With Very that. direct. Yeah. 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 Uh, do you want to ask him the other question? Yeah. Um, we always like to ask our guests what their choice of walkout music would be. And maybe, I don't know if you've had matches where you had walkout music or it might just be theoretical, mm. but where are you at with that? Mm, yeah, so I'll give you guys my high school wrestling walkout song. Um, not very PG thirteen. The title it was called Android Porn by Crotty. Crotty. <laughs> it's a it's a it's a very hype, uh, epic electronic music okay. so- song. Um, right now, I would say you know I'm feeling the Brooklyn vibe. I'm probably play some Pop Smoke. You okay. know, okay. Yeah, yep. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that. Yep. Probably play some Pop Smoke. Maybe Element by Pop Smoke would okay. be my walkout song right now so we have a uh we have a spotify playlist that has Mm -hmm. um all of our guests music on it so i'll i'll I'll, uh, once we put publish your uh podcast we'll we'll get well i post it here and there like not not every week but uh we'll get that playlist out for everybody if we like to sometimes we'll put it on and we're rolling or training and we just kind of go through everybody's Mm -hmm. everybody's music so we'll add you we'll add you to that we've had quite a wide variety uh or Jeez, Jeff. Wide variety. Wide variety, thank you, <laughs> of uh, of music from uh, Leonard Cohen, like dark, slow, where we skip the music when it comes on in the gym. <laughs> <laughs> Whitney Houston. Yeah, Whitney Houston. Oh, that's right. We have okay, Whitney Houston. Well, yeah. there you go. Yeah, so, yeah. Now, my question to you guys, is it only one song limit, or am I allowed to add two, or do you guys make a strict one no, limit, we've had two. song limited. We've had two, two for some people. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Usually people can't come up with something. They come up with one, mm-hmm. but you got two in your back pocket. So that was. Yeah. We'll throw them on there. Yeah. Or some people cool. have like uh, competed multiple times in the times that we've interviewed them. Right. So we've added like, you know, a couple of variations of, mm-hmm. of songs for them. So, 
Yeah, Android Porn and Pop Smoke. What was it? What was this? The track? Element. 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 All right. All right. I won't forget Android Porn. I don't even have to worry about writing that one down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if people want to find you, follow you, get in touch yeah. to work with you, how do they do that? For sure. So uh, if anyone is listening, interested in learning more what I do and you know wants to stay up to date on my content, um, I'm mainly on Instagram, and I'm at grappling underscore doc. Awesome. And we'll publish all this in the show notes and YouTube description and all that too. So we'll yeah. be able to link right to you. Absolutely. Uh, I, I didn't ask you this to begin with, but are you originally from New York? Where are you from originally? Yeah, I'm originally from, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Rockland County. It's a okay. little bit upstate, the April 5 Lower Hudson Valley. Uh, grew up there, you know, wrestled there. Um, really strong wrestling community there. And I'm always, you know, that's where I, like, I got into my love of grappling. And I'm very thankful for that. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay, cool. Any other questions we should peg him with? No, that was a... An information-filled podcast. I loved it. Yeah, Great me stuff. too. Absolutely mm-hmm. awesome. Thank you, man. Very, no problem. We, we've been talking about scheduling this now for like a while, so it's awesome to finally meet you and uh, yeah. get suck some of your knowledge out of you. And uh, of course, when you're in the Western Massachusetts uh, area and you're ready to get some of that no gi action, you can always up. swing by. Of course. <laughs> yeah. And if you guys are ever in the Brooklyn area, come by to the dojo, man. Like we'd love to have you guys over. Like awesome. we are, we have a very open kind of guest policy. Um, just anyone can hop in and train. Uh, yeah, come by. Awesome, awesome man. Appreciate Thank you so it. much. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Have no a good problem. One. Thanks. Take it easy, guys. Yeah.